Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Last week, I reread Geraldine Brooks' first book of historical fiction, Year of Wonders. In 1990, Brooks was based in London, working as Middle East correspondent for the Wall Street Journal. On one of her hikes in the English countryside, she came across a sign that read, The Plague Village. The village was Eam in Derbyshire. During the plague of 1665 and 1666, at the behest of the Anglican rector of St. Lawrence Parish Church, the villagers made a decision to do all that they could to prevent the plague from spreading to other neighboring villages. In Brooks's fictionalized version, the rector took the pulpit on a Sunday morning and preached from Jesus's words, greater love no man hath than this, that he lay down his life for his friend. After some time in the sermon disputing the notion that the plague was a sign of God's vengeance and punishment, he presented his proposal. Dear friends, here we are and here we must stay. Let the boundaries of this village become our whole world. Let none enter and none leave while this plague lasts. The rector had already been promised aid from the Earl of Chatsworth House, who would provide basic needs of food, fuel, and medicine by leaving the necessary provisions at a boundary marker. This Sunday oath, as it came to be known, was not insurance for their own health and safety, but simply to prevent its wider spread. Eventually, the rector had to make the difficult decision to close the church and to gather for worship outside. As the people wept at the prospect of no longer being able to gather in their church, the rector said, do not despair, for a church is not a building merely. We shall still have our church, but we will meet and pray together under the ceiling of heaven where the birds shall be our choir, the stones our altar, the trees our spire, where we may stand at a safe distance from one another so that the ill do not infect the well. Since the middle of March, we have not been able to gather together in this building of St. Michael's. The season of pandemic has been a painful season of being reminded 
that the church is not in the first instance a building. We have not been keeping a safe distance by worshiping outside, but rather from the safety of our own homes. And I am thankful that though we have not been able to have the wonderful music of our full choirs, we have not had to rely solely on a choir of birds. But we have had the gift of music, thanks to Ezra, Jim, Gina, Julius, Bridget, Zoe. And even as we make plans to regather, it will not be the regathering that we initially thought it would be. When we could say the pandemic is past and we could fully resume celebrating the Eucharist and have a great outdoor party. Instead, we will move forward cautiously, taking precautions that continue to ask difficult things of us. Social distancing, masks, no congregational singing, no common cup. Like the people of Eam in the 17th century, we will continue to be asked to make choices for the care and protection of the most vulnerable in our midst. Some Christian bodies are arguing for the right and the necessity to gather without restrictions. But the body of Christ is not determined by the number of people gathered together in one space. Where two or three are gathered together, God is in the midst of us. The body of Christ is instead marked in the same way that our Lord's body was, by a love that is sacrificial and wounded. Jesus said, inasmuch as you have done it to the least of these, you have done it to me. I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. When I was a stranger, you welcomed me. When I was naked, you gave me clothing. When I was sick, you took care of me. And when I was in prison, you visited me. Today is the Feast of Pentecost, the birthday of the church. On that day of its birth, the disciples were together in one place when from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them and a tongue rested on each of them. On the day of Pentecost, there was wind and there was fire and there was a bewildered crowd of devout Jews from every nation speaking in languages other than their own, speaking about God's deeds of power. The Spirit didn't make its first appearance on that day of Pentecost. The Spirit was present from the beginning of creation, when the earth was a formless void, and the wind of God swept over the face of the waters. My favorite account of the creation story is a delightful children's book, entitled, And God Created Squash. In this account, on each day of creation, God takes a deep breath, holds it, and then lets it go. With each exhalation, there is another wonder of creation with which God is well pleased. On the day of Pentecost, there was a mighty exhalation of breath, of wind, that resulted in yet another new creation, 
the creation of the body of Christ. On the day of Pentecost, both wind and fire signaled the arrival and presence of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit was audible and that sound like the rush of a violent wind. The Spirit was visible in those tongues of fire that rested on each of those present. The Spirit was audible in the sound of those Galileans speaking in the languages of devout Jews from every nation gathered in Jerusalem for the feast. The Spirit was audible in the message spoken about God's deeds of power. The Spirit was both audible and visible on that day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, there was wind and there was fire and there was power and there was astonishment and there was conversion and there was transformation. On that day, the church was born by the power and presence of the Spirit. As remarkable as it was that the number of followers grew that day from 120 to 3,000, what was even more remarkable was the transformation and empowerment of the disciples. We have only to look at Peter to know how true that was. It had not been two months since Peter thrice denied Christ and since he and the other disciples hid in fear for their lives. On the day of Pentecost, Peter was empowered and emboldened by the wind and the fire of the Spirit, by the breath of God to give an account of his faith. The birth of the church was not initially marked by the construction of spaces in which to worship. The birth of the church was marked by the creation of a new body. The Acts of the Apostles gives us a glimpse of what their life together looked like. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God, and having the goodwill of all the people. Yes, the spaces in which we worship are reflections of our worship of God. They are sacred spaces in which we gather together as the body of Christ to pray, to sing, to worship, to celebrate the Holy Eucharist, and to enjoy one another's company. These sacred spaces are not forever lost to us. This pandemic is for a season. Though we currently live with the uncertainty about the length of that season, we will regather in our sacred space in the weeks to come. But that regathering will not initially be as it was when all of this when all of this started during the liturgical season of Lent. We long for a fire and a wind that might burn and blow COVID-19 away. But for now, it is neither wind nor fire that will restore what we long for. On today's Feast of Pentecost, we are also reminded of Jesus appearing to the yet, as yet untransformed and empowered disciples the evening of the resurrection. Despite the locked doors, Jesus stood among them and said, Peace be with you. He showed them his wounded hands and his side, and again said, 
Peace be with you. He then breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. The disciples had received the Holy Spirit even prior to that day of Pentecost. Today is about transformation and empowerment, but it's also about the peace which passes all understanding. And today we are in greatest need for that breath of peace. This week, there has been too much fire. Fire that has been ignited by one more horrific act of racial injustice. We have all seen the video of George Floyd pinned to the ground with the arresting officer's knee on his neck. We have heard him cry out, I can't breathe. This comes on the heels of other recent and unnecessary deaths. Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor, to name just two. Those of us who are followers of Christ can do little about the COVID-19 pandemic. The best that we can do is to follow the courageous example of the people of Eam. And that is to do all, with, all within our ability to slow its spread. We can do so by social distancing, by wearing masks, by washing our hands, and by following the best medical and scientific advice. We also have to do what we can to slow the, the pandemic of racial hatred and injustice. We can remember what St. Paul had to say to the Galatians, that there is neither Jew nor Gentile, male nor female, and I would add black or white, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. We can remember the Reverend Martin Luther King's dream of that day when his children would be judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. We know that the fires being set and the looting and the winds of destruction are not the ways to slow or halt the racial pande pandemic that has been all too present for all too long. We also know that peace and justice must be paired hand in hand. But today on this feast of Pentecost, we are invited to believe. We are invited to believe in transformation and empowerment. We are invited to believe that we, the Church of God, can be witnesses of both the power and the peace of the Holy Spirit. We can sing today's hymn, Spirit of the Living God, fall afresh on me. Melt me, mold me, fill me, use me. Fall afresh on me. Amen. <laughs>